0: This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT, 1020 a.m. and 92.5 fm. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from guy. Who's made it happen? Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson.
1: Well, I'm reading the news here on Alex Murdoch. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Six minutes after the hour. As expected, I doubt you're surprised, Tom. I'm not surprised. He was convicted on all counts, guilty, and they expedited his sentencing. It wasn't drawn out and delayed. This morning, New York Times reports that Alex Murdoch sentenced him to life. He could have had 30 years up to life. And the judge just said, no, life. You killed your kid and your wife. The judge handed down two consecutive sentences of life in prison without the possibility of parole. The once prominent South Carolinian lawyer who was convicted of murdering as I said, his wife and kid, he called Mr. Murdaugh's defense, not credible and an assault on the integrity of the judicial judicial. I mean, you know, hey, you're really going to say when your phone shows you were right there, you changed your clothes, you acted like you weren't there. There was a video of you there just minutes before they were killed. You're saying you weren't even remotely near there. It's just nonsense. Nonsense. The sentence was the culmination really of a spectacular downfall for Murdoch. I mean, this guy was big in the state of South Carolina, and he is part of a family, you know, his dad, his grandpa. He lied consistently. He tried to play the pity party. You know, everyone knew he had a life of privilege. But he talked about his longtime addiction to painkillers and how many pills he was taking. The judge said, maybe you became a monster from him. I mean, you took sometimes 15, 20, he said, up to 60 a day. Good Lord. So, Tom, are you surprised?
2: Not really. I mean, yeah, I saw a couple of clips of the trial itself while I was uh, out of state. Uh, down in oklahoma and yeah you just didn't get a good vibe from that guy you know when he was on the stand and you know that's i caught the you know when he was actually on the stand itself and uh you know trying to explain uh, you know and admitting that all the lies he had told and the people he had taken money from and stuff and you know then his story wasn't adding up and you know it was just like yeah and i you know i'm glad that the it they went straight to sentencing and got that out of the way, too. So it didn't drag yeah. out and uh, yeah.
1: get That's, that. I feel know, that one. way, too.
2: Yeah. I wish that had happened quicker in other cases. And, uh, like you know, Edie, they could speed Gr- up. Edie
1: Grunwell, remember that? Yeah. Dragging that out there to go to court in Palmer all the time.
2: Right. Jeez. Yeah. And just, you know, once the verdict's in, let's get it done. Let's get him sentenced and on the way and then let him appeal, you know, while he's there. Yeah. You know, and already serving that time, so no, I was glad to see the result. And I wonder uh, if he's you...
1: surprised. Do you think he assumed he would lose, or is there always wishful thinking? I mean, yeah, I, bet, I, you
2: know, I you know. think uh, probably somebody like that, where you know, Grandpa was the what DA, and Dad was the DA, and then he was the DA. I mean, there is probably a expectation you know, that he's going to get away with it, it's the what? arrogance that goes with it of you can't touch me, and uh, and that was also you know kind of some of the feeling I got when I was watching the trial. You know, he was a pretty arrogant guy. Uh, I mean, he was, but acting like he was humble. Yeah. But it was like, how dare you even ask me these questions? You know, don't you know who I am? So, yeah. Just deserved. Yeah.
1: Is there well, even Fox News? I was reading the New York Times. Fox News, the headline in red Alex Murdoch sentenced life slam by the judge for savagely murdering his wife and son. Said he was a monster. New York Times didn't write that part, but Fox News did. Yeah. Well, life goes on. On those things, what's sad is for the son and for his wife, it doesn't go on. And that's mm-hmm. the the really serious nature of murder. It's indelible, you know, when you take someone's life. And obviously you all know that, but it's when you're dealing with punishment, how do you punish someone for taking another's life? You put him in prison for life without parole or you execute them. Those are kind of what the American standard is. Hey, it's no secret that our government considers TikTok, most of you don't use TikTok, nor do I, a national security threat. But in an interview with Bloomberg yesterday, Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo suggested that the government is concerned about the dangers posed by other Chinese apps. These doggone Chinese Government divisions are sending us apps. You know, I don't know how that affects kids, but if adults play, you just don't know what's, what's accessed on your phone. Here's a quote. If what we're worried about is Chinese-backed companies being on tens of millions of American phones, including members of the military and privacy concerns and data concerns and misinformation concerns, then it's not just TikTok. The Secretary of Commerce said thing is Chinese apps are the most popular apps in the U.S. right now. Go figure. The top three free apps on Apple's app store as of yesterday were Timu, CapCut and TikTok. So Street Fighter, Duel with Chinese fast fashion company Sheen chilling at number four. My wife buys from Sheen, which is great. Very inexpensive. But there you go, there's four, all the top ones. CapCut is a video editor for TikTok owned by the same tech giant, ByteDance. So think about that. All those are Chinese, pretty scary. I assume you use bite dance, right, Tom, for dancing in the privacy in your home. Well, Sometimes, you know, not privately.
2: I mean, I, I don't like to air all of my laundry out here on the <laughs> yeah. air, but uh, I've been known to cut a rug or two in my past.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I
1: love it, man. By the way, TikTok right now obviously has the biggest target. Legislation to ban TikTok in the U.S. was approved by an influential House committee this week in D.C., though it still has to face trials by fire with the full House and Senate. I hope they ding. You know, Governor Dunleavy, we're going to get to a clip with him. He was on with Stuart Varney on the East Coast. We'll play that next segment. He banned TikTok. Government agencies, at least our employees playing, have 30 days from February 27th to ensure TikTok is deleted from all federal devices and system. Dunleavy beat that rule in Alaska already. An exec at the think tank founded by former Google CEO Eric Schmidt wrote last month that all of these uber popular Chinese apps, including the messenger WeChat, anybody use WeChat and game apps from Tencent, there's a bunch of them, they are coverting influence. That's what he said. He said it's of concern and you don't realize how much data you're giving up. So you've been warned, my friends. Caveat emptor. 14 minutes after the hour, this is the Tommy Anderson Show. We're going to play the clip from Dunlavion with Stuart Varney yesterday. Good morning. Stay with us.
0: This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. So, El Numero
1: Uno, welcome back, Tom Anderson Show. No, not me, Governor Mike Dunleavy. He is on the East Coast right now as we speak, and he interviewed with Stuart Varney, talking about how eco-terrorists and the green movement's trying to shut down Alaska. And Tom found this clip, and I think it's very insightful that we wanted to play for you.
4: Willow Oil Project there is the largest pending oil and gas project in the country. Will the president approve it? Mike Dunleavy. No, I got it wrong. Dunleavy, right? Yes, sir. Mike Dunleavy is the governor of Alaska, when he joins me now. Do you expect President Biden to kill it? And if he does, what's the impact on the supply of oil and
3: on Alaska? I hope he doesn't. Uh, there's rumors that they're trying to cut some deal that would, in fact, kill this project. It needs more than two pads. We're looking at five pads for that uh, particular field to make it economical for the investors. A, a pad is just a drilling station. Right? That's correct. Right. And uh, they're talking about just doing two or less. If it's two or less, that project is probably dead because it's not going to be economical for the investors. And um, that's going to mean upwards of 180,000 barrels a day for many, many years offline for Alaska and Americans. I would expect him not to approve it because he's a very green president. That's correct. I think he's, you know, being held hostage by eco terrorists and and extreme environmentalists is going to be a problem. It has been a problem for Alaska in this country. Alaska is real close to Russia, as we know, basically on the front
4: lines of, um, of America's defense from Russia, China and North Korea. Do you think that Americans, and maybe the administration, understands the new strategic importance of
3: Alaska in this new Cold War? Because when now we've got China and Russia and North Korea coming at us. I hope, I hope they are. I hope they're waking up to it. Because, as you know, Alaska was invaded in World War II. We're, we're the furthest northern, western, and eastern state in the country. You've got to figure that one out. But we're so far west, we're closer to Australia than California. And so people uh, uh, people need to understand that uh, we're only two and a half miles from Russia, two islands, little Diamede, big Diomede, and 50 miles from their mainland. So I hope so. Uh, we need more icebreakers. Uh, we need uh, probably a naval presence up there. We've got a great Coast Guard presence, Air Force and Army. But uh, we do have more coastline than the rest of the country put together. So we're, we're hoping things change. But you need a prosperous Alaska. Yes. And you
4: need this oil reserve. Yes. You've got to have it. Yes. Does, do the, does the administration
3: understand this? I think they understand it, but the pressure from the environmentalists, I think, Stewart, is so great that they're willing to override common sense and logic. And I think that's what you're seeing in a whole host of things with this administration, that what's best for people, the American people, and, and most likely the world, is not necessarily what's going to be supported by this administration if their, their, their handlers, their supporters in the environmentalist world um, have their say. The one thing that struck me with, when I've been to Alaska is the sheer
4: size of the place. Yeah. It is vast. Yeah. How, just- big, how big is it?
3: <laughs> um, it's about, uh, well, it's, it's really the size of a subcontinent like Europe. We used to have four time zones before 1981. Um, it is, if you put it on a map, it's two and a half, uh, map of the United States. Uh, the Southern part would touch, um, uh, Georgia. The Northern part would touch Minnesota and the Aleutians would be out in the Pacific by San Diego. It's, it's enormous.
4: Almost all of it is wilderness, is it?
3: Pretty much. We only have 730,000 people in the state size of a County. in, in 730,000 yes, for a, a, a state, which is two and a half
4: times the size of Texas. Yes.
3: You're spread thin, aren't you? We're spread thin, um, but uh, we punch above our weight. Um, we, um, we, like I said, we've got a terrific position on the globe. We have the second busiest air cargo airport in the United States at Ted Stevens International, fourth busiest in the world. Um, we're really a North Pacific sovereign as well as an Arctic sovereign. It's interesting. Um, and um, we, just, uh, we just hope that this administration allows us to develop our resources, which we were supposed to do as part of our Statehood Act back in 1959. With the feds. But um, it's a struggle. We've got 42 actions by this administration against Alaska, whether it's oil, whether it's timber, whether it's mining. They seem to want to snuff out our uh, our, our future. Wait a minute. 42 actions. Yes. By the feds. Yes. Saying, hey, hold off on all these. Hold off on permitting. uh, Don't allow the leases to go through. Don't help them with the studies. Don't allow stuff to happen. The Willow project, as we just mentioned, is one is probably the the poster child right now because they're supposed to make a decision here in the next few days. And if it's two pads or less, that project is done. I know that the Greens, the environmentalists, I mean, they're very
4: powerful in Washington, D.C., what about in Alaska itself? Do you have a, a very solid
3: green movement in Alaska? You have green. You have a green movement in Alaska, but the majority of Alaskans, both Republicans and Democrats, uh, and our, our Native Alaskan folks, um, support this project because they know it'll lead to prosperity for Alaska. It's going to lead to more oil in the pipeline. It's going to lead to more jobs, and hopefully, lead to lower our costs in fuel.
4: Governor Don Levy. Did I get it right this time? Dun Levy, we
3: do
4: done it. Oh, no, 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 okay. Governor, thank you for being with us. So we appreciate it. it. Thank
1: you for having. Uh, people always get his name wrong. Can I help you, everybody? Have you ever heard of Lay's chips? Levy, Dun Levy. Mike complimented. We're friends. One time, he said, "You, you were one of the few that pronounced my name right forever." So, Levy, think of Lay's chips. Dun not Levy, and Levy, all that. Dun Thank you. So exciting stuff, but also depressing stuff, huh, Tom?
2: Yeah, I didn't realize, uh, you know, until I heard the governor say it, there's 42 actions against Alaska yeah. the Biden administration has taken. Oh, my goodness. This
1: just doesn't stop. No. Well, there's.
2: And that's huge- not, you know, unfortunately, uh, we lost our congressional advocate, too.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, know, with Mary, he, he wasn't elected. that impressive in because of his stature and right. he, he was a voice, but it didn't help. Obviously, we would have got Anwar and a lot of other projects. But, yeah, that's true. It, not having a Republican sucks, but I don't think it would have made a difference with Young and there. Biden wouldn't have given a crap what he said.
2: No, part. but I'm talking about now with the Republicans having yep. control of the, yeah, of, that's the, true. of the House of Representatives. Very
1: true. With Mary. Mary Peltola. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, she's certainly not on board. By the way, I found I was about to jump in to say there's FDA, Food and Drug Administration, now we're finding has new leverage over companies looking for a quicker drug approval. Is that good? is that bad npr covers it. this is something near and dear to my heart because after my my health care event in december i'm on medication and you're always eyeing what's going on with fda and do the approve? and i have nothing pending for approval but if you did you would be pretty worried let's go to npr
2: after years of criticism the food and drug administration is getting new tools to hold drug companies accountable when it comes to speedy approval of their medicines, NPR's
0: pharmaceuticals correspondent Sidney Lupkin reports the agency has yet to show how it will put its new leverage to use.
5: The huge spending bill that became law last December also included fixes to a problem that has dogged the FBA for years. Drug makers could get fast approval for certain drugs with preliminary data on the promise that they would do more research after the fact to make sure the drugs worked. But companies were often slow to follow through on these so-called accelerated approvals, leaving patients and doctors uncertain about their medicines. Will the FDA now force drug companies to start their studies on time? I asked Robin Feldman, a professor at the University of California College of the Law, San Francisco.
6: This essentially strengthens their hand.
5: However, (laughs) um, um, just because the FDA has the power doesn't mean it's going to use it. There have been times when the FDA has had powers but neglected to use them. Conversely, the agency has also attempted to put its foot down, gotten sued by drug makers, and lost. She says the new law can come in handy if a drug company tries to push back on an FDA decision. The FDA wouldn't say whether it's doing anything differently on accelerated approvals, other than that it's working on a plan to implement the new law. Here's Feldman again. Generally, these are discretionary rather than mandatory. In other words, um, it allows the FDA to do things, but doesn't require the FDA to do things. You know, that's a big difference. We should note that the COVID vaccines were not granted this kind of approval, but accelerated approvals do apply to more than 100 drugs approved to treat cancer, HIV, preterm birth, and more over the last three decades. And NPR yeah, investigation... See, and
1: that's where, I mean, that's a big deal when you hear about that, cancer... Uh preterm birth issues and conditions, HIV, those things, if they expedite the release of the drugs, 100 drugs aimed at those, they accelerated approval. That's good. But politically, they didn't accelerate COVID-19 vaccines, did they? Among other things, the new law gives the FDA more leverage to hold drug companies accountable for their promises about further research. That's good too. I mean, Tom, if you were waiting for a drug and it wasn't well researched and vetted, you know the term efficacy, it mm-hmm. has has you know double blind, all these types of tests that they use, would you be hesitant to use it? I would. Well, yeah, yeah. I
2: I would be hesitant, but I, I thought they did accelerate the approval of the COVID vaccines and the yeah. and the, because because no. because that's why Pfizer has all this legal protection because it was accelerated. Because they didn't have time to do the all the year long studies and everything, so if there's do bad side they, effects, they you they get might protected have from that.
1: Yeah. they might have expedited, but but yeah, not, no. They remember did they accelerate. they
2: delayed they delayed it until Biden was in office, and then they released it because it was they were starting to produce it and had it ready to go.
1: Yeah, I have to. And, look and
2: up then the they history. made the the drug companies were, I guess they made the political decision they had to wait until after inauguration day, and then they released it, but they had it so. Uh
1: I th- I think that report that part's incorrect. Yeah, maybe so. Well, criticism of the program, you know, the the critics they say crescendoed follow the following the controversial accelerated approval of and we reported on this, the Alzheimer's drug Aduhelm mm-hmm. in 2021. Remember when we said, "Oh my god, there's this new drug for Alzheimer's and they're expediting it?" right they're accelerating it and the manufacturer initially set a price of fifty six thousand a year even though the FDA approved it based on its ability to remove sticky amyloid plaques from the brain without proof that plaque removal could slow the patient's loss of mental ability they weren't sure you know if you get rid of plaque does it help Alzheimer's and they were thinking maybe that's the cause for Alzheimer's but now they're not sure the rug flopped with insurers refusing to cover it oh man scary stuff. Yeah, I won't tell you what some of my meds cost. I'll tell you off <laughs> air. It's more than 56000 a year. Oof. So we're going to come right back. Rachel, I think it's Reese or Rees. Rice, maybe. We will find out. She's an assembly candidate. We'll find out how to pronounce her name and we'll give you more information how to research her. She's running for Anchorage Assembly. She's next up right here on the Tom Anderson Show. All around the
0: day was going down slow Night like a river to flow I the beat of my mind go drifting into time this is the Tom Anderson show broadcasting live from the KVNT studios 7 to 9 a.m Monday through Friday
1: Tom are you really playing the song that's in my heart because of Picard anybody got <laughs> paramount? Picard is in its third season. Guess what they did? If you're into the next generation of Star Trek, mm-hmm. they brought back Will Riker, they brought back Worf, they brought back everybody. It's so freaking amazing. I'm just got goosebumps every single show is just amazing. Yeah, I'm going to have to
2: subscribe it. just to get that.
1: You got to. It's, you're going to write you're going to say Tom, Catherine, I loved it. I promise you. All three years, every episode is just delightful. L- lila loves it she's like oh warf you know i mean she mm. didn't know these characters before yeah and so
2: i've always been a star trek fan over star wars me too so yep yeah it's uh definitely my favorite no matter are, are what.
1: you and i in the mor- minority because i've heard so many people that dig star wars uh, when i've talked to like in groups no those other people are just weird yeah, they are. Star Trek is so organized. I'm I don't get the phone, phone lines number. rolling. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna give you a phone number. Three there's not many nerds that are gonna admit there are nerds calling in. 357-5868. I'd love to hear from Steeran or Adam Holtz, who we're we'll here from next hour. By the way, I was wrong. Rachel's calling in 745. Sorry for the assembly interview. Sorry about that. Um anyway, let's see which one they like more. Here's the phone line 357-5868. By the way, ak lottery i would be failing my sponsor if i didn't mention them ak lottery.org ak like alaska ak lottery.org you want to help charities across the state in the charitable gaming system you can donate it's really a donation the good news is you can win money from it because it's a new lottery system now the state's allowed them to advertise because you probably have haven't heard advertising Uh, Have you for lotteries? No, because it's a new rule and it's called Catch the King Alaska Lottery. And let's see how much you could win. Look at that. Just under a hundred. Thousand dollars and and it's segmented. You get twenty, then you get thirty. You got to pick a car. There's all these layers. Then there's a weekly jackpot. Look at that. It's the most. It's been in over a month since they did the sponsorship. It's just under two thousand. It'll be over two thousand on Sunday night, eight p.m. Sunday night. You can buy tickets up to seven fifty-five. They draw them at Tudor Bingo in Anchorage, but you don't have to be there dot aklottery.org. It's a no-brainer. I'll post this on the Tom Anderson Show Facebook page, so you're reminded. I think
2: you just touched on that. That was going to be my question. Did you have to be there, or do you have to be watching no online? Way. And you only it's have all like by a, text. Yeah, or do you only have, like, a 10-minute window to respond, anything nope. like that?
1: And you just get it. And I, and I nice. know someone who got the text that said, you won the $2,000 weekly. Oh. <sighs> So I they want were to be like, that oh person. man, yeah. <laughs> and somebody is going to win that 100,000 or you know, a chunk of it, and then they get to drive in and grab the card, and so they can win up to 50,000. It looks like, Tom, in my opinion, it looks like it's going up about 10,000, 15,000 every week. Oof. So in another like, like by about April, March, May, it's going to be nearing you know two, three, four hundred thousand. It, by the summer it would be half a million could you imagine wow
2: yeah what you Unless can do with that won. well what you could do with that and then also i mean just because of our system here that amount of money that gets released to the nonprofits profits that's huge yep it's amazing yeah, That's true that's very yeah i good. didn't
1: think about that part no you're spot on there yeah. by the way i was reading speaking of anchorage set to start this summer 130 million dollars god you know, you and I have grown up in Anchorage all our lives, you know, lived here all our lives. And, and how many times has the sewer, I know that's life, Minnesota Highway Tudor, there, has there been construction? It seems like there's always something particularly on the Seward. It says there's a highway project in South Anchorage that faces renewed scrutiny. It seems like there have been past projects, too, after years of planning construction on the O'Malley Road to Diamond Boulevard project. It's expected to start now, late this summer, with completion in 2025, so it'll be two years. Plans for its 1.5 miles. It's a stretch of highway in South Anchorage, including raising it to create a roundabout. That's good. Interchange. Linking Scooter Avenue with Academy Drive. Mm -hmm. Adding the equivalent of two lanes with a new North Roundabout lane. This is good stuff, Tom. Constructing the state's second divergent diamond interchange with crisscrossing lanes at the O'Malley Underpass—cool stuff, unless you live there, right?
2: Right. So, is it on hold? Is that what you just said, or is they, more scrutiny on it? More they, scrutiny on yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't say. Because I was going to say, because I know they've already been through the or in areas over there the eminent domain process, and where they've bought out some of the businesses and everything over there, and have uh, had people move out of their buildings. Yeah, uh, you know, I think of uh, uh, who was at Cornerstone Clinic and uh, those guys because I'm a part of Alaska Medical Missions and it's under that banner. And uh, yeah, so that medical, you know, plaza has moved over to yep. a new building on because right. they're on Academy.
1: Well, I'm guessing. So if this thing stops,
2: through. I mean, yeah. you know, who's on the, you know, if this project stops, you know, who foots the bill now for these buildings that. You know the city and state have taken over
1: (laughs) yeah and what i think is that the state road planners they say hey it's going to improve safety it's going to improve speed for bikers for actual vehicles all that stuff but then the opponents say we don't need it Mm -hmm. they say traffic's dropped in the area and uh, flattened in certain areas and you just don't need it and so nancy Pease, a board member of the rabbit creek community council south of the project recently joined two others in calling the roundabout interchange a boondoggle for construction companies and she said more lanes will promote more speeding and pollution and put other drivers and other users in danger huh i guess that's one perspective christina huber the project's manager With Alaska Department of Transportation and Public Facilities characterized the group trying to stop O'Malley to Diamond Project as small, but vocal. The project is on the short-term list in the 2040 Metropolitan Transportation Plan. And so... Yeah, I mean, I hope it goes through, but I know it's a pain if you live there. It's not a pain if you're visiting someone on a hillside for a Christmas party like I often do, and I'll come you know, when the construction's done in full, and then I'll gladly go through 2025, he, 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 and I'm not affected. <laughs> Just like all you blokes out there that drove on the parks, coming out through Wasilla, and then Metal Lakes, passing me and flipping me off, and then driving on to Big Lake. <laughs> That's all done, almost, and you're like... oh how sweet how comfy when it wasn't comfy for us living out here Mm -hmm. so the nimby's the not my backyarders um you know i can ask rachel what her thoughts on this hopefully she doesn't say it's not my district
2: so yeah we'll find that out she's coming up at uh yeah the 745 where is uh, she running i don't
1: know what her district is actually let me look it's district six yeah i think it's district six uh, oh, she wait! It is that area. Yeah. I'm looking at her. Paid for by disclaimer. Huffman Road. If that's near where she lives, that's good. Perfecto.
2: Yeah, that'll be a good conversation to have.
1: You bet it will
2: yeah.
1: be. I but I enjoy talking with you too. If I haven't told you that, folks, pull out your Kleenex. <laughs> I'm gonna wax sweet eloquent as Tom vomits. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, please call now (laughs) 907-357-5868.
1: My unrequited love. Unrequited means Tom doesn't give love back. Oh boy. No, what are you going to do this weekend? We got time to kill before Rachel comes. Over.
2: Uh, what am I going to do this weekend? I, I, you know, it's house projects. Those things are stacking uh, up again. You know, I got to get some get some stuff done. Uh, you know, once again, look at my roof. Uh, decide that I'm not going to shovel it off, and I'll ride it out and hope for the best. Yeah, no. you know those kind of things. So you're not looking
1: forward to the weekend with a bunch of honeydew stuff. No, that I don't either. Right. When it's like that,
2: I mean, there's no you know real football on. It's nope. not real baseball season yet. You have you to know. sign
1: up for Paramount. So that yeah. won't oh, be. Oh, that's true. Until I will have do to do it. that. So I might start. Bingeing. And that's at night. I might right? start binging Picard. That has nothing Picard. to do with the day, yeah. right? You don't watch Picard during the day, I hope. Why not? Oh,
2: I Okay. Mean, Hey, you know, I I'll watch TV anytime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would say no, we do don't do that till later. The other thing is I've got for me tonight, Kabai in our Filipino group, through my wife, there's some folks coming in, I think from San Francisco, that are uh, experts in immigration and work in probably USCIS, one of those. I can't remember where, but we're gonna meet with them to ask questions on all the Filipino immigration processes i tell you i gotta give credit to them the filipinos really follow the rules they do by the way they do a lot of charity too someone handed me a poster here join us for our annual easter egg hunt event folks if you drop off toys or candy at uh the there's a fruit shop and um i'm gonna i'm gonna find out the address of it and it's they sell yogurt and um they it's right across from target i'll have to get randy on the owner uh because that's where we, we just brought a box there this is going to be fun for kids it's april eighth, two 2023 and i did a park. so i'll tell you more about that in a little bit stay with us my friends rachel's uh, up she's running for assembly we're looking forward to talking to her tom anderson show good morning
0: This is The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday.
1: You want to give me goosebumps? No, I don't mean spicy chicken wings from Wings and Things, but I'm talking if you get, let's say, a commander, a former aviation operations officer. How about a medvac pilot? who decides to run for office, especially add in gender female. We need more females as states people in our assembly and legislature and federal government, although, Mary, we need her to be Republican. In this case, it's Rachel Reese running for Anchorage Assembly, and I'm smitten by your resume. I love it, and I hope to God, Rachel, people that are voting, first I hope they get out and vote, and and I hope they— recognize your credentials, which to me, I know you're going to be humble, but, it, but it's huge. And, and I wish we had more military officers running for office. Thanks for joining us this morning. How are you?
7: I'm good. And thanks for having me. It's delightful to be here.
1: So your background, real quick, tell me uh, about your military career, because we have so many veterans listening and in your district, you vets listening and that they're probably having affinity to that more so than, than the rest of us.
7: No, uh, I think for me, it was my pleasure to serve. It's always awkward when people say thank you, because in my family, we've been serving since 1861. It's, it's what wow. we do. And in fact, my son is still serving. And so we're carrying that on. And I think that that's one of the things that really makes it great up here. There are a lot of veterans and I think we have what, 70,000 veterans in the state.
1: Yep, that's right.
7: And it's, it's fantastic. Uh, they're a very valid part of the community. And I've, really was very glad to see that demographic here and then to what about join, your training
1: joined, do you think you're training your manager your commander your supervisory training your ability to listen oh and to and to work with other people which you're trained to hey you're not always the boss you got to delegate do you think those things will be immeasurably helpful in an assembly that some say is broken
7: oh i absolutely think that they will because when you join the military regardless of the position you're in, you are thrust into high pressure situations, unknowns with people you've never met from backgrounds that are wildly divergent in your own. And you have to be goal oriented despite all those differences and being abrasive or not being part of a team and not being a problem solver doesn't work. And that doesn't mean you're a pushover. You're going to violate your principles, but you've got to find a way to get consensus and you're going to sink or swim in that environment real
1: and quick in a, a pilot your composure is probably top tier so when people are petulant this is last question on this point but when when there's other <clears throat> colleagues that are petulant or acerbic name calling of our mayor or whomever you're going to be able to just not you know not deal not engage and i love that i can already tell by my limited time and talking that you'll be like that the more we have like that the more that's diffused, I think, on the dais of the assembly.
7: Well, I think being unflappable is essential, not only to just being a pilot or a public servant, but being an adult. Yeah. You just have to be, I mean, emotions aside, look at the facts. What's at issue? What's really going on? And deal with that.
1: Did you talk to your hubby and kids about running? And did, did they, did, I'm sure your husband, your kids are young adults, but I mean, your husband's an adult, I'm sure he reads, he's academic and he's like, boy, probably think I'm assuming, boy, the assembly, they got a lot of issues going on. Did you guys (laughs) say, I I should run? I've got an epiphany, honey. I'm going to run. How did that, what was the genesis of you deciding to file? It's a big step.
7: Well, actually, um, I don't have him anymore. I left him behind. Um. But I did talk to my adult children,
1: and oh, I'm my, looking at a. You know what? Forgive me. Foot in my mouth. I'm looking I'm at looking. three handsome men and one. It oh. looks so old. <laughs> it looks like it could be your hubby. Tell him I'm sorry. That's probably the soldier. Tell that him sorry. You know, son. he looks he like really an older loves- adult. So I'm like, that's her husband. Oh, sorry. Don't worry
7: about it. All the little kids in my neighborhood thought that too. When we moved in, and he was like, oh,
1: gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You just picked up votes there for comedy. Yeah, no, well, I'm sorry. Oh, so God. yeah, those are your three boys. That's awesome
7: mm-hmm. so, Yeah, those are my three boys. I have a 24, 22 and 13 and I did talk with them at length My middle son is married and he's an intelligence analyst in the Navy. He's wow. got a fairly high clearance So I was like, do you need to disclose? I had no idea, you know, and I did think about the loss of privacy Sure, the exposure that they were going to experience and in fact my youngest He's texted me from school and said, "Mom, I got you votes." I was like,
1: "Oh, I love that See, street? he's what the one that, the, the one in the school district is the one that won't have mm-hmm. the privacy, but your other kids out of state. I mean, I don't think someone's going to say, "We're trying to track down your kid out of state." No one's going to no, do that. Yeah, I mean, I even in the state legislature, that I don't think that would happen.
7: No. I but, you know, we we were so non-political when we started this that we had no idea. So it was a lot of unknowns and a lot of concern, but at some point, you just have to decide, this is a fight worth having,
1: and yeah. we're going to have to just roll with what comes. I love it. By the way, you got a lot of women's votes, too. When you said, I kicked him to the curb, you almost made me <laughs> spit out my coffee. I'm like, I love her. Okay, and not, not to go down that road, but just that's funny, your, your comment. Well, you know so, I
8: mean?
1: You do what you got to do. Out to to protect your family of course and and hey i've been yeah. there and and let me add, and by the way that shows you're a human and that shows that uh, you know you've been there you have kids all those things i think are metrics and are variables that are important when someone runs for office well what would you know rachel about kids you would giggle and say oh, dude i got, I got three, three what would you know about being married and then what would you know about being a single woman <laughs> both i've so i mean and guess what here's here's a, a epiphany did you know probably 80% of your district is either divorced or has kids so i mean it fits it's apropos with who you're running who in terms of, i don't want to talk about names or who they are but do you have a heavy challenge i know you're going to say no i'm an, i can beat anybody but <laughs> pragmatically is it is it a tough race
7: it is a tough race i have a competitor who has of You know, he served and I respect that. And he served his community in ways that I respect that, too. The real difference between us is with me, what you see is what you get. And with him, he's willing to say what it takes to get your vote. And I just decided I wasn't going to cross that line a long time ago. And And how did you find that? out? Now, that's a
1: big comment to say sometimes uh, when he said something, uh, you know, I believe this, I'm going to do this. And you've heard, I've heard he's not for that, actually. Have you just heard this over the campaign trail that maybe he's not being up front on his uh, supporting issues?
7: Yeah, we heard it at
1: doors that we've knocked on where he knocked on them first. You know, things like that. It was
7: feedback from the community and then things I'd noticed at forums where we'd been there together and other people had come up to me and mentioned it. And granted, they could be, it could be a suspect audience, but that's the feedback I've gotten. Like like
1: for a construction project, he says publicly, I'm for the construction project and someone bitches about then later with that person, he says, I'm really not for it. Your point is you can't do stuff like that. You got it. You got your word as your bond kind of as a policymaker. I agree.
7: Oh, absolutely. Your word's the only thing you have. I mean, think about this. When you get to the end of your life, what's left? It's the legacy you leave. And if you don't
1: have a good word, what do you have? Her name is Rachel Reese, Assembly District 6. People are like, where's that? Okay, so that's what Hillside. I see Huffman as your disclaimer address.
7: Yes, so Hillside is everything to the south of Diamond and Abbott all the way to the west at C Street. So that's like
1: 99515 and 99516 and maybe some of 507. So folks, remember that, where you live. Yeah.
7: And then all the way out to Girdwood, so it's Bird Creek, Indian, all of it.
1: Yeah. Now, will you go there? We're almost out of time. We'll get you back for sure, no worries. But but, will you go to Girdwood and will you, door to door, at least try to send something to them and touch base?
7: I have. What? I have gone to Girdwood. We spent a day out there. I've got signs out there. I've been to the community council, good. and I respect those unique communities. Darwin Bewer
1: that, that owns Darwin's Bar is my buddy. He's very conservative. Uh, I'll make sure to oh, connect yeah, you yeah. to him. Yeah, he's. they're not all libs in Girdwood. So
8: no, uh, Darwin will vote great. for you.
1: So, yeah. No, you good. that's good. That's good stuff. Well, and a website. I just saw your website. And let me look here. Uh, what What's the best address for that? Now, I've already clicked it off. But if someone wants to go to you, look you up.
7: Okay, so if you want to look me up online, it's Reese for Alaska. And that's R-I-E-S-F-O-R. Alaska.com Perfect. Or you can just Google race for Alaska.
1: Yeah. And and I'll put that in our podcast notes at Tomandersonshow dot com. When's the election? The election's
7: April fourth, but ballots will be out March fifteenth in your mailbox. And so You know pay attention make sure you don't throw them away so just 15
1: days from now so let's get you on next week and, and we can do a little bit longer dialogue maybe talk about in the adn uh you brought up to me when we before we started that's an issue in your neighborhood so maybe we can talk about that road project
7: Oh, yeah, I definitely have some thoughts.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, thank you, Rachel. Good luck. You, we're supportive. And we're and by the way, if your opponent's listening, he can call into too. It never happens. But equal time, we're not going to get blamed for that. Anybody is welcome no. to call in if they challenge you, but we'll, we'll definitely get you back next week as well if you have time. I
7: appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, you my dear. Day.
1: Okay, good luck on the trip. Be safe out there. Coming right back, Tom Anderson Show. Good morning. One hour ahead. Happy Friday. Keep the team.
0: This is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA. Live and local 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on KVNT 1020 a.m. and 92.5 f.m. Your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather. Streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868 That's 357-5868 Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen your morning drive just got a whole lot better good morning america here's tom anderson
1: oh man say it isn't so good morning everybody happy friday second hour of the program if you're just joining us where have you been it was nice to hear from rachel reese who's running for assembly district six hillside and she's awesome i can hardly tell i like her I hope she wins she'll be a thoughtful policy maker i don't know who her opponent is tom do you We didn't mention name, but I don't know who it is.
2: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll have to look it up and find out. Yeah,
1: if you don't mind. Here's something. I started the show uh, this hour with Say It Isn't So because how many people, raise your hand, have driven to the Anchorage airport and needed to go to Seattle, wherever, park your car, and there wasn't a spot? I'm raising my hand. And you drive around and around and around. Well, get this. (sighs) I can't believe this. Alaska's news source has written – and made a story talking about Ted Stevens Anchorage International Airport parking garage limitations already. They already had limited space, Tom. You travel more than me. Yeah. Wow. This sucks, man. It's already hard enough to find a spot. I just, it makes me mad. Let's go to that store so we can find out more, much to my chagrin.
6: Already be a hassle, but if you're parking planning on parking, your plans might be changing. The south terminal parking lot at ANC will see multiple floors closed, and as Joe Kenee reports, there are other changes involved too.
9: This parking garage at Ted Stevens Anchorage International Airport was built about 50 years ago. Airport officials say it's due for some renovations, but following through with those updates means finding a spot here is about to get a bit trickier.
5: We're getting Informational signs up so people know which way they can go, which way they can't go. We're preparing to block off some of the entrances.
9: The South Terminal parking garage already has a new maximum stay of 15 days. That's down from 30. The North Terminal customer pay lot has been bumped up to 15 days with a weekly discounted rate. But on March 20, those barricades will be at entrances that lead to half of the spaces in the garage. Vehicles won't be allowed on levels 3 and 4. After the work on those levels is completed, levels 1 and 2 will undergo the same renovations, including structural restoration, asphalt replacement, and restriping. The upgrades are expected to take several months, with work going on throughout this summer. With that, it's recommended that those traveling plan accordingly.
5: You might want to plan on coming two and a half to three hours early, just in case you can't find a space on site.
9: Those at the airport say they will look to make the change as easy as possible for those looking for a space, with signage showing where vehicles can and can't go. But if a car is left on a floor undergoing construction, it will be towed.
5: It's just going to be relocated to a different area of the airport and they can get with Republic Parking to get their vehicle back. We're trying to make it simple and painless.
9: Consider getting a ride or being picked up versus parking at the airport and you can avoid the garage altogether. Joe Canine, Alaska's News Source.
1: Now, Tom, one thing that Mike Robbins, a couple of our buddies that travel often have recommended to me is to do one of those uh, those parking services about a mile or two on Spinard there from the airport where you park there and they drive you over to the to the airport and then your car is there and protected. Is yeah, one I, method.
2: Yeah, I've seen those lots. I have. I've never used one. I mean, it would be the yeah. same thing like uh, jumping on a shuttle bus. You yeah. know, at yeah. another airport when you got to go pick up your rental. It car. Just delays. That's yeah. the only
1: negative. You and Kathy get off. You want to go home. You got to wait for a shuttle to go get your car at spinard Yeah, but it, it's pretty wanna...
2: rare though when we uh even you know if Kathy's traveling or I'm traveling you know as individuals that we park our car and actually go inside. Oh. Uh, you know, we're more of the type of Hey, pick up your luggage. We'll be in the cell lot. Call me when you got your packet. You we know, do the it luggage. every time. Yeah.
1: Lila and I have done it. every they made a lot of money. All it, normally, like when I had to yeah, to but Maui
2: you guys are still business. really like newlyweds, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> no, but I
1: mean when I when I did that business as Maui in Maui with the mayor and the city council seats. I mean that that was truly business. We didn't do anything but go to dinner on that trip, and and. Uh we went and we got clients from it, which was nice. And we in fact Optimus part of the chamber and mm-hmm. the visitors bureau there. So we're pretty active. And hey. I don't have plans to go back anytime soon, but we when we went for that eight days we just parked the car. And we yeah. went, when we go to the Philippines, we parked the car. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: I've done that for, you know, overnight trips and stuff to Fairbanks. You know, I've left the car out there yeah, overnight, for
1: night, but try 14 days. Yeah,
2: we had a call come in, somebody they did not, uh, you know, weren't interested in actually going on sure. the air. Just wanted to give everybody a warning. Lots of moose out on the highway this morning uh, on the flats uh, there before the interchange. Okay, please drive safe. So there watch was out for the moose out two days there.
1: ago. Yeah. It, yeah. And it, it's nonstop accidents on the on the Glen and on the parks and on the flats and over the last what? 10 days there's been three major ones we've talked about it on Mm -hmm. air remember the one my dad saw and then and then the 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 flats was closed two days ago dad said it's just ridiculous and i and i don't know if it's people incompetently driving or if it's moose or both but now you've been warned if you're on the parks and you're heading into anchorage or you're heading from eagle river anchorage into the valley please be careful on that stretch pretty please OK, we had another clip. I don't know if we have time. It's on the election and a ballot sample. Do we have time for that one?
2: Oh, uh, we can try squeezing in. We're about a minute or two minutes out from rolling music. So uh, we'll get it rolling. Sure. Anchorage Let's municipal be, election getting pra- set for prayer. this
6: year's municipal election. It's coming up April 4th, just about a month away. Lauren Maxwell tells us city election workers are already preparing. That's right, Rebecca. Workers are getting ready for what will likely be a significant election. That's because there's quite a bit on the ballot. Seven assembly seats will be decided. There are two school board races happening. And voters are also deciding on a whole lot of propositions, 14 of them in total. Now, some of the big ones include more than $37.5 million for school bonds, another $34.5 million for Anchorage roads and storm drainage work, also bonds for parks and rec improvements. And there's also a proposition that would authorize a new service area to address issues with access to Chugach State Park. Also on the agenda today for city election workers was testing out the machines that count ballots to make sure that there aren't any glitches in the system. Election officials are running more than 1,500 ballots pre-marked by the company that makes these voting machines.
7: When the results come out at the end, match the predetermined outcome,
6: we know that the system is performing as expected. Some are marked incorrectly on purpose to see if they're caught by the machine.
5: We want blank ballots to outsort.
6: We want overvoted ballots to outsort. Um, and ride-ins also outsort. Those ballots need to be examined or adjudicated by hand. Blank, overvote. This is doing exactly what it should be doing, yes. Observers were allowed to watch the process that is done before each municipal election. Lauren Lehman, who serves on the Anchorage Election Commission, says it's important the election center is open to the public.
3: I think people will uh, Will come and observe. They'll see that uh, you know what we're doing is uh, is good.
6: At the end of the test, which took several hours, officials say the system performed as well as expected.
1: Yeah, there you go. Oh boy, we're gonna go to a break here. Tom Anderson, show come back with Adam Holtz we can talk about movies. Focus on the families, plugged in, movie review time, then Dave Steering after that from the Gov's office. Stay with us. Good morning. Tom Anderson Show.
0: She got you jumping up the deck, shoving in the overdrive. This is the Tom Anderson show broadcasting live from the KVNT studios seven to 9am Monday through Friday.
1: We're back. Always a pleasure to have Adam Holtz from plugged in. National Movie Review Center, and you guys review music and review games and review movies and streaming, all that stuff. I do want to get to to Mandalorian and Picard, and we'll bring Sir David Steering in for that because he is a wonk on all that and has wanted to engage with you and me. That'll be after your first two movies, brothers. Good morning. Creed Three Thorne. Let's talk. How are you? Yep,
8: I'm good, and uh, we got some movies to talk about, huh?
1: Creed three? that's, that's uh, from the Rocky series, right? It is,
8: yes. It's the sequel of the sequel of the sequel. I don't know how many sequels we're in. I mean, we had the Rocky series, then we had the Rocky Balboa series, and then we had the Creed series. So we're a ways in, and this is basically a Rocky movie. If you're not up to speed on the Creed series, it stars Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed. And if you're like, that sounds kind of familiar. He is Apollo Creed's son. And if you rewind the clock a bit, you'll remember that Apollo Creed was Rocky's first big opponent Opponent played by Carl Weathers, who's now on The Mandalorian, I might add. <laughs> and didn't um, he get killed um, by Dolph Lundgren? No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, well, actually, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, by and, the way, Dolph uh, so, Lundgren,
1: he, who has a Ph.D. in physics and is a master judo expert worldwide acclaimed, he's no dummy. Lundgren. I did not know that. Yep. Plus Doctor he, in physics. Doctor. He and
8: plays, judo. High level. He plays a mean Russian, too. I mean.
1: <clears throat> well, imagine fighting him. I think he him.
8: only has five. I think he only has five lines of dialogue in that entire thing. I know. Movie. But, that I mean, imagine I
1: someone that intelligent. So, that means he's going to be crafty. And then an athlete that sizable. I mean, the dude's huge. He's like the rock size-wise. huge. And then he's a master yeah. in judo. You would die. I mean, The Rock, you name it, any of those wrestlers would get their ass kicked by him. I mean, with that talent. <laughs> so, but he doesn't right? fight and like far, that. He just did it, did it for sports, he said.
8: He says great things like, he is like a piece of iron. I will break yeah. him.
1: <laughs> well, he's no dummy, nor is Sylvester Stallone. A lot of these no? guys, they make fun of him. They're, they're intellectually off, off air more than people realize.
8: Yeah, well, you know what? Here's the thing about Stallone. Um, I met him once at at an event for Rocky Balboa, actually. And I'm not tall. I'm 5'8". And he was about my height, maybe a little shorter. But, I mean, the guy had hands that were like hams. I've never shaken hands with somebody with hands as massive as his were. I'm like, well, I guess it makes sense that you were a boxer because – or played a boxer – because uh, his hands were just enormous. I couldn't even believe it. They were wow. huge. No, so anyway, Creed Three. He's a
1: humble guy. Went, so Creed Three. we could go to the movie theaters, what, this weekend? It's out now?
8: Yeah, it's out. It's out, yeah. And it's Michael B. Jordan faces off against an old friend who has turned enemy uh, and blood and spittle and teeth fly. Oh, boy. And
1: I saw enemies. the preview. So, it looks good. What about Thorne?
8: Yep. So the thorn is a Christian movie that is a Fathom event. It's releasing next week in theaters on Monday. What's and
1: Fathom Tuesday. event mean, please?
8: Well, Fathom Events is a distribution company that works with local theaters to do a more limited screening. So oh, it's a because you always say different... that, and
1: I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Hey Tom, it's a Fathom event. What the hell is a Fathom event?
8: Now I know. <laughs> yeah, you could go to FathomEvents.com and and they'll have all and they do. You know, they do Broadway stuff, they do musicals, they do sporting events. So typically it is a way for people to get distribution for a movie, but they can't afford a full studio distribution release. So uh, right now it's scheduled for Monday and Tuesday next week. Sometimes with Fathom events, if they get a great response, they'll extend the run and it will go a little bit longer. Um, But The Thorn is basically a passion play like you have never seen. It's the story of Jesus. But it's done in such a way, oh, it's hard to even to to describe. Probably the best way to try to describe it would be to say if you took your standard issue passion play and fused it to Cirque du Soleil, you would be in the neighborhood. This is a dance and modern dance extravaganza. Uh, with music and acrobatics, and it's a remarkable production. It actually I came out of a did church that here in Colmar-Gau
1: in Germany's Passion Play. That's the very famous one, and they they don't it bring any uh, you know uh, any dance moves or theater no. to that
8: level. <laughs> no, but it, it came out of a church here in Colorado Springs. So I actually nice. saw the stage production probably 25 years ago, but it's just gotten bigger and bigger every year. And it's actually a filmed stage production, and I would say if you're interested at all, check out the trailer for The Thorn, um, because I think that you'll get a sense of what it's like, and you're either going to be like, wow, that's amazing, I want to see that, or yeah, I'll stick to this, you know, traditional passion play, and somebody else can watch that one. Oh, I love it.
1: Well... I gotta tell you, so that's good, folks. Creed three, the Thorn. It sounds like both are worth seeing. One, one is sports, and one is more uh, in, in terms of uh, fun. Like you say, Cirque du Soleil. I like that. And and there are on the streaming side of things. Paramount has Picard season three, which I adore. I love, yep. I love. I can't say uh, more about it than I'm. Hope Dave can call in now. Also, Mandalorian, which I've enjoyed. Yeah. And The the Mandalorian is, of course, both of these, it looks like, Adam, they're releasing each one weekly, correct?
8: Correct, right. The Mandalorian's first episode was out Wednesday this week. Um, I haven't actually seen how many episodes this third season will be. And will so it'll be, be every yeah, Wednesday, it's... and
1: Picard's every Thursday. Well, Picard is yep. great, bringing back the next generation. I favor Star Trek over Star Wars, but I love Star Wars, yep. too, of course. Mandalore, Boba Fett, all those, Han Solo. But, man, bringing back the next generation, folks, and I won't ruin from what I've seen. It's just amazing. You just get goosebumps. We love it. I can't get enough of it. Steering, what do you think? Do you like the Mandalorian, or do you like uh, Picard better, or have you seen them? Adam is disappointed with Mandalorian so far
10: well first of all uh I, I'm, I'm glad to be on with adam and uh i i think you know which camp uh house steering resides in we are we are house <laughs> star wars yeah and, and that is and that is how we we live so here here's the thing as a child of the 70s um i at I, I'm not a purist that some of these woke scolds on, on and I'm not saying Adam is, by the way, but these woke right. scolds on, on Facebook and Twitter are about practically everything except the Marvel Universe, which I find to be, at this point, utterly unwatchable, and yeah. a, 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 a superhero version of the WNBA, which is also unwatchable.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I'm I would so agree. compared
10: that is to a hill all die on, by the way. That well, is a hill all die on. So
0: to <laughs> me, it,
1: Are you a Paramount owner? What, Do you have Paramount? Outside? Um, I mean, can no, you watch no, I'm, I'm,
10: no, no, if you do me the college buddy favor and send me your logins, then okay, I'll watch Okay, I
1: will. you got to watch Picard. There you go. You won't there be you disappointed. Yep,
10: Anderson and Stern committing wire fraud yep, live on the Tom right.
1: Anderson show. But, but obviously so, you, you know, have with, access with the to yep.
10: with the With the Mandalorian, uh, first of all, Tom Hanks is the worst guy to travel with because bad things always happen to him. And if you're missing some sort of super child, You better, by God, find Pedro Pascal to bring that child to some (laughs) semblance of safety, because that—that's all they do.
1: Yeah, yeah.
10: John Malkovich is only John Malkovich in every one of his movies, and Pedro Pascal. uh, I mean, even in the Game of Thrones, he was like avenging his younger sister and all of this stuff. He's—he's like the yeah.
8: He's always Uh, in that role. I enjoy
1: him. Adam didn't like Mandalorian so far. What? What say you on the well, first one?
8: I was, I was mildly underwhelmed with the first one. I think it's going to pick up, but you know. Okay. I shouldn't have said didn't. What did like. Adam That's think fair. of Obi Wan? Obi Wan. Adam, was what okay. did you think of Obi Wan? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was okay. It wasn't terrible. It See, wasn't I liked great. it, it and
1: I really liked Boba Fett, and none of you like Boba Fett, and I loved it because of the creatures, and I guess I'm the petulant one here. Neither one of really? you liked Why Boba did Fett Boba like Boba
10: Fett. Me. I viewed Boba Fett as a spaghetti western with blasters.
1: Yeah. Yes. Would yep. you say Boba Fett was better than Han Solo or not? The movie? No Who the the, cool. the series on Disney. No,
8: I no, mean, no, no, Han, Han Solo, Solo was a movie. Yeah, you mean? Oh, a movie. You huh. mean uh, the Mandalorian?
1: Yeah. Well, what are the ones? There's Mandalorian, Boba Fett. What are the other? Aren't there a couple of them in the series?
8: Maybe maybe yeah, I mean, those two are on the series, and then, and then uh, Obi wan Kenobi was the other series, and then you know the animated stuff.
1: Yeah, I said Han Solo. I meant Obi wan Yeah, that's right. That I like that one too. So, well, hopefully we're not boring people because I mean there are tens of millions, of hundreds of millions of people in America watching this. Literally, kids and adults. So yep. somebody likes it.
8: Yeah, well, I I like the first one. I I felt like. You and I have talked a little bit about Andor. I felt like Andor... Oh, was that was so the other one. Andor and Obi-Wan. That,
1: I knew there was another
8: that, one. Yep. Uh, I'd take Andor over all of it. And the first episode of The Mandalorian this week, it was just okay. I mean, they're getting back into it.
1: Dave, what's your favorite? That's what I was getting at. Not Han Solo. I messed up. Sorry. Obi-Wan, no, Andor, I, I Boba Fett, and Mandalorian. What's your favorite of the foreign order?
10: Well, I will, I will say this. Uh, Rogue One... Uh, was an excellent Star Wars movie, and oh, Andor. God. I usually detest prequels, but I, I like I like that the true face of oppression and war is being shown in in Andor and Rogue One. So as Agreed. as a guy who's in the Abe Vagoda years of his life. I, I like that more realistic portrayal of, of the galaxy.
1: By the way, of all the Amen. Star Wars, I liked a lot of them, but, but uh, Rogue One was one of my, if not my favorite, kind of like Ragnarok was my favorite of all. The, they're just some special ones that surface up, and I agree, Rogue One was great. I just watched it last week. Thank you, Adam Holtz. Dave, staying with us. Adam, always a pleasure. Likewise. Okay, we're going to right back with Governor's lead dog, Dave Steeran. Not going to talk carbon credits we're gonna get in other fun stuff stay with us good morning Tom Anderson show
0: This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KBNT studios, seven to nine a.m. Monday through Friday.
1: Hey, we're back. Of course, we continue with Sir David Stearn from the Governor's Office. Dave, nice to have you on. We play the clip from Stuart Varney this morning with the gov who always does a great job, even though Stuart couldn't pronounce his damn last name, but, but it was great. I don't know if you've heard it. I'll send you the link and it just came on Fox a couple hours ago. So you might not have seen it, but it did very good. Very well.
10: Well, yeah. and, And, uh, you know, the, the governor and, and the, the, the congressional and senatorial delegation, Conoco Phillips, and frankly, just about every business owner in the state of Alaska, their spidey senses are tingling that the Biden administration is going to, according to a Washington Post story, is going to partially approve a drilling plan that Conoco submitted for the Npra, which will allow them two pads, which makes the entire plan uneconomical. So they are they are soft potentially soft killing. A uh, hundred thousand barrels of throughput and taps here in the next few hours.
1: Yeah, scary. Mike said that the governor said if they if they don't don't concur with five, it's off the table. It's done. Is it that simple?
10: Yeah, Jeez. it's it it is literally that simple. And if you, I don't know if you read the Washington Post story, the Biden administration was openly negotiating with environmentalist groups with environmentalist groups. And and saying, well, what if we only approve two or three of the five proposed pads? Would you guys be okay with that? Now, in, in I, and I maybe it happened, but I didn't see it in the story. They they may have had similar conversations with Conoco. I I don't think they had any conversations with the state. They sure as heck didn't talk with Murkowski Sullivan. And I'm not so sure about Paltola. I haven't figured her out yet. But the 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 Biden administration for for all of the don't drill this don't dig this don't build that people listening to the sound of my voice when you when you give environmentalist terrorists an inch they they take the lowlands and that is precisely what they are doing weak leadership in Washington DC has opened the door to shut down potentially Alaska's next phase of our economy yeah It's that simple And I know Joe and others get mad when I say that because, well, this is different and I don't like that project. I don't care. You 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 negotiate with these people
1: spirit of it or the lack of spirit of it.
10: It sends a message that you're willing to capitulate. And the Biden administration clearly has capitulated because I I mean, I've got gentlemen's wagers with several different people that I will gladly, gladly lose. But I, I just get the sense that they are going to cave to these environmentalist terrorist groups and they will they will cut the drilling uh, approval pad number and there will be no drilling in the NPRA. Uh,
1: something very very You want to, and so people
10: people talk uh, about well, we need to we need to change our retirement plan and we need to we need to change the base student allocation whatever whatever okay nobody's going to move to a state that is perpetually stymied by the federal government. That's uh, it in a nutshell. So the the Senate Republicans and House this and whomever that and these different groups advocating for, well, you know, if you pay people, who's going to move to a state that can't do anything?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's it's something that's unnerving to me in multiple ways because it shows. I mean, right now we're ranked 49th in education per capita. You know, you're, you're seeing. Uh, the, the the view not because of the governor or the legislature, but Alaska in some respects isn't open for business. The Biden administration's causing that optic, and it is scary. It's alarming because those of us in business, advertising, plumbing, food services, trade services, we building trades, we want to keep working and we want more people to come here that are professionals that make income. And all this is a kind of a trickle down domino effect, messing up the economic base. And for some of you that live and breathe for the dividend, it's going to affect you. For some of you that live and breathe for, which we all do, uh, making good income and getting a raise and watching your business grow and blossom, that may not happen if the president shuts everything down.
10: Well, I I will tell you this. For the the pro-dividend people. And I'm, I, I mean, I've, I've said it before I got this job. I've said it while I've had this job. I'll say it after I no longer had this job. The governor has a view on the dividend. Uh, that, that is, if you want the calculation, change it. If you are a, I want my legacy statutory dividend. If you are, I want my percent of market value calculation dividend. If you are a, I don't care if the dividend's $500 dividend. All three of those groups seem, you'd think they were in conflict every one of those groups had better be unapologetically pro-resource development in this state. And I guarantee you segments of all three of those groups are not. Yeah. Uh, they, they pick and choose development. Some don't like timber. Some don't like mining. Some don't like off- offshore drilling. Some don't like this. Some don't like that. If, if the Biden administration's actions since coming to office don't clearly underscore how wrong so many people are. I want my full statutory dividend, and I don't want them drilling or digging here, there, anywhere. To,
1: and I don't want tax, and I don't yeah. want fees. And I, You know, it's like, dream on. Some, someone has to pay for things, and we prefer revenue from capitalism. I would, that rather than taxes. I mean, for,
10: for, for years, folks who utilize the Alaska Marine Highway System have had a problem because since there's no commercial anchor tenant, because there's no timber industry in southeast that the government has been trying to offset, subsidize, whatever you want to call it, the marine highway system, because the, 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 the driver that would offset a lot of those costs doesn't exist anymore. There is no timber industry in southeast.
1: You have a Ken, not on carbon, but one of the Kens wants to ask something or make a comment about the Willow Project. Go ahead, Ken, but briefly because we're going to bounce to a break.
8: Hey, yeah uh did you read the Willow EIS? Did you see the language in it?
1: Dave?
2: I'm sorry, Dave calls uh dropped. Okay. Yep. 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 Oh there's the back. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Ken asked if you saw I think this is the engineer Ken, if you saw the uh the EIS for Willow.
10: Have I seen the EIS for Willow? I I have not personally seen the EIS for Willow. I know that the initial drilling plan was approved, and this is a revisit of the initial drilling plan. So Conoco's already received a green light, and then the Biden administration came to office and hit the uh, red light. And now they're going to quite possibly uh, pick a plan uh, that wasn't initially approved. They'll pick a different alternate that reduces the the number of drilling pads. And so – Whether I've seen the initial EIS or not, the initial EIS was approved under a previous administration, and then the elections have consequences, and now here we are.
1: Yeah. Ken, did you see the the governor on with Stuart Varney uh, this morning? There's a clip now on Fox News. You can go to our podcast to see. You'd be proud of him. He was talking about environmental terrorism, some of the things you, Ken, the other Ken, and some of your team that calling in have conveyed. So you should be proud of the governor for, for his sentiment, at least on air nationally.
10: It is a sentiment. You look at the, the uh, private industry coming in, and you see that in the EIS and the Willow Project where you have all this around page 50 of 500, they start talking about things like social cost and carbon calculations, all that. And I say repudiate the entire carbon narrative because it's lunacy to engage in this stuff because of what we see. China just got announced a huge oil field gas fine. Are, is somebody going to go over there and put a cap on them with environmental impact? No, they don't have to, Ken. By- you know why they don't have so to? Unfairly. Because they don't have a federal government. The, the, reason, the reason people go to China and do this, Ken, is because Alaskan protesters stopped these projects. It has nothing to do with, with carbon credit numbers. It has nothing to do with ESGs. It has to do with the federal government stopping Alaska's future. You don't have to like carbon credits. You can love carbon credits. I don't care. The bottom line no. is this. If you, if the bottom line is this. If one administration can tell you you can do something, you invest the money, and a new presidential administration says you can't, the rule of law in the United States is just as broken as it is in China. So I I, I lose no sleep over whether people like carbon credits or not, because we don't get to that point in this country. We will not get to that point in this country if the Biden philosophy continues for another 4, 8, 12, 16 years. So yes, you will you will see money go elsewhere because money is smart and it is liquid. It will flow the path of least resistance. Why would you? Why, why would you even question why people are investing in other parts of the world? Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not questioning. It. It's just the flow, of the power, and the pressure. And that's why I'm saying how ludicrous it is to play the carbon game at all when you I, have I, again, again, this has nothing normal. to do with carbon credits. This has absolutely nothing to do with macro
1: on economics. No, I see both points. Ken, thanks for the call. We're we're out of time, so we're going to get cut off. Dave, thanks for joining us. As always, both of you have a great weekend.
10: I'm hoping a week from now I was wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Thanks to both of you guys. I appreciate the fact that you listen. One segment left. Stay with us right here, Tom Anderson Show. No matter what you think
8: you'll find, it's not enough. No matter who you think you know Won't get through To give a hell and all Someone's faster on the draw. No matter where you hide I'm coming after you
0: This is The Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Hey, we're back.
1: It was really nice to hear from Dave Steering. Always a pleasure, and he got into the nitty-gritty on The Willow Project. You know, some of you haven't been listening for two straight hours, I'm assuming, and you join us the latter half here. Stuart Varney hosted Governor Dunleavy. Dunleavy was on the East Coast in meetings and doing the media tour, meeting with folks like Fox and MSNBC and the, the whole list, and he interview with Varney and I Tom and I talked and we think first hour we played it for segment we're going to replay it now because it's, it's like four minute clip it's really thoughtful to give you the update on the Willow project and when they talk about pads and its importance Dave uh, uh, delineated that but Governor Dunleavy does it well too so let's go to that clip
4: Willow oil project there is the largest pending oil and gas project in the country will the president approve it Mike Dunleavy no I got it wrong Don right? Yes, sir. Mike Dunlavey is the governor of Alaska, and he joins me now. Do you expect President Biden to kill it? And if he does, what's the impact on the supply of oil and on Alaska?
3: I hope he doesn't. Uh, there's rumors that they're trying to cut some deal that would, in fact, kill this project. It needs more than two pads. We're looking at five pads for that uh, particular field to make it economical for the investors. Conical a a pad is just a drilling station, right? That's correct. Right. And uh, they're talking about just doing two or less. If it's two or less, that project is probably dead because it's not going to be economical for the investors, and um, that's going to mean upwards of 180,000 barrels a day for many, many years offline for Alaska and Americans. I would expect him not to approve it because he's a very green president. That's correct. I think he's, you know, being held hostage by eco-terrorists and and extreme environmentalists is going to be a problem and has been a problem for Alaska in this country. Alaska is real close to Russia, as we know, basically on the front lines of, um,
4: of America's defense from Russia, China and North Korea. Do you think that Americans, and maybe the administration, understands the new strategic importance of Alaska
3: in this new Cold War? Because when now we've got China and Russia and North Korea coming at us. I hope, they're, I hope they are. I hope they're waking up to it. Because as you know, Alaska was invaded in World War II. We're, we're the furthest northern, western, and eastern state in the country. You've got to figure that one out. But we're so far west, we're closer to Australia than California. And so people uh, uh, people need to understand that uh, we're only two and a half miles from Russia, two islands, little diameter, big Diomede, and 50 miles from their mainland. So I hope so. Uh, we need more icebreakers. Uh, we need uh, probably a naval presence up there. We've got a great Coast Guard presence, Air Force and Army. But uh, we do have more coastline than the rest of the country put together. So we're, we're hoping things change. But you need a prosperous Alaska. Yes.
4: And you need this
3: oil reserve. Yes. You've got to have it. Yes. Does, do the, does the administration understand this? I think they understand it, but the pressure from the environmentalists, I think, Stewart, is so great that they're willing to override common sense and logic. And I think that's what you're seeing in a whole host of things with this administration, that what's best for people, the American people, and, and most likely the world, is not necessarily what's going to be supported by this administration if their handlers, their supporters in the environmentalist world um, have their say. The one thing that struck me with, when I've been to Alaska is the sheer size of the place. Yeah. It
4: is vast. Yeah. How, big, how big is it?
3: <laughs> um, it's about, uh, well, it's, it's really the size of a subcontinent like Europe. We used to have four time zones before 1981. Um, it is, if you put it on a map, it's two and a half, uh, map of the United States. Uh, the Southern part would touch, um, uh, Georgia. The Northern part would touch Minnesota and the Aleutians would be out in the Pacific by San Diego. It's, it's enormous.
4: Almost all of it is wilderness, is it?
3: Pretty much. We only have 730,000 people in the state size of a County in, in most 730,000 yes, for a, a, a state, which is two and a half times the size
4: of Texas. Yes.
3: You're spread thin, aren't you? We're spread thin, um, but uh, we punch above our weight. Um, we, um, we, like I said, we've got a terrific position on the globe. We have the second busiest air cargo airport in the United States at Ted Stevens International, fourth busiest in the world. Um, we're really a North Pacific sovereign as well as an Arctic sovereign. It's interesting. Um, and um, we, just, uh, we just hope that this administration allows us to develop our resources, which we were supposed to do as part of our Statehood Act back in 1959. With the feds. But um, it's a struggle. We've got 42 actions by this administration against Alaska, whether it's oil, whether it's timber, whether it's mining. They seem to want to snuff out our uh, our, our future. Wait a minute. 42 actions. Yes. By the, the feds. Yes. Saying, hey, hold off on all these hold off on permitting. Uh, don't allow the leases to go through. Don't help them with the studies. Don't allow stuff to happen. The Willow project, as we just mentioned, is one is probably the, the, the poster child right now because they're supposed to make a decision here in the next few days. And if it's two pads or less, that project is done. I know that the Greens, the environmentalists, I mean, they're very powerful in
4: Washington, D.C. What about in Alaska itself? Do you have a a very solid green movement
3: in Alaska? You You have a green movement in Alaska, but the majority of Alaskans, both Republicans and Democrats, uh, and our, our native Alaskan folks um, support this project because they know it'll lead to prosperity for Alaska. It's going to lead to more oil in the pipeline. It's going to lead to more jobs and hopefully lead to lower our costs in fuel. Governor
4: Levy, Did I get it right?
3: This time? Dunleavy. Dunleavy. Dunleavy.
4: It oh, okay. Governor, thank you for being
3: with us. Stuart, we appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: There you go. Yeah, it's pretty scary, isn't it, that we're seeing this at a federal level really an attempt to shut down Alaska and you got a Biden, a Delaware Biden talks about Scranton, Pennsylvania. I get so sick of hearing of that, but a million years ago where he grew up is irrelevant. He's been on the Hill for what, six decades and they don't give a blank about Alaska. They don't. I'm just telling you, Tom, do you think there's any hope or do you think they're going to shut this? They're going to not approve five pads and we're doomed.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from what the governor was saying, what Dave is saying, I think they're right. They'll probably approve two, you know, because they negotiated that with the environmentalists. And it's like, look, if we approve two, you know, they're not going to do it. So everybody's happy that way. You know, as far as the political stand from the Biden administration, uh, they can save a little bit of face and say, well, see, we did. Look, we did approve all of this stuff for Alaska. And we they just to didn't try do to it. They concessions
1: yeah. which aren't viable. And
2: then they didn't act on it is what they're going to say. So, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm optimistic. I mean, I want to hope for the best, uh, but yeah, expecting they'll approve too. And then the projects did, uh,
1: yeah, it's just, uh, it's a frustration to me. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I think, I think it's important. The governor goes to the lower 48 and meets with media and meets with executives, probably our federal delegation, I don't know what his schedule is, do you agree. We talk often with Dave Bronson in Anchorage and he has the municipal league and the mayor's conferences. He meets with local mayors, Alaska mayors, you know, borough mayors, mayors from Kenai and and Matsu, and then he meets with out of state mayors. I, I'm one that's a fan of that. I think that's important.
2: Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, we want to keep those lines of communication open and, you know, have a presence down there and, you know, those kind of things. And, uh yeah, so I think it's real important for the governor to travel out for that stuff.
1: Yeah. I wonder if ultimately we can change things. And my guess is at a federal level, the only way to do that is with a new president. I don't see any. Momentum with infrastructure growth with responsible natural resource industry momentum at all, even if it's incremental and small. Do you I mean, it seems like Biden. No, sure if we have throw the same crumbs, but it's a joke that yeah. they are not helping.
2: Yeah, if they're going to have the same administration, whether it's Biden again or if, you know, you know worst case, a Newsom gets in. Um Yeah. You know, just take Alaska off the map, period. They're going to kill everything up here. Yeah. So it's going to be, yeah, worst case scenario for us, even though, uh, yeah, the Republicans do have control of the House of Representatives. We don't even have our own vote for that now because we gave that away. So, uh Yeah, you got to get out there. You got to get registered to vote, folks. Uh, You know, we've got some of these Anchorage Assembly candidates and stuff on over the last couple of days. That election coming up in April deadline to register to vote so you can vote in that election is this Sunday. So if for some reason you're not or your friends and neighbors uh, are not registered, uh, send them to our website, 1020kvnt.com. They can click on the register to vote button and make it happen.
1: Yeah, agreed. And one thing we know, you know, first of all, for the Anchorage assembly race, I think it's a record, isn't it? Seven seats open. Yeah. And it's we have the school board year. seats as well. It's huge, folks. Mm-hmm. But you, and there's not a mayoral election this time. There will be next year, but, but sometimes that's the one like a presidential or a gubernatorial Senate that, that, uh, in, incites and, and makes people react and, and come to the polls quicker. But you, you have to please, if you're in Anchorage and register to vote, you really need to vote. It's imperative. And, you know, Tom and I would say, vote for someone right of center. If they're logical, like a Rachel Reese who called in a a retired pilot from the military, I mean, a commander, she's awesome. That's who we want to see, in my humble opinion, on the assembly. More females, more professionals, more military, maybe law enforcement officers and such. Not that enlist is bad, but I just think someone with the, supervisory experience and has the they have the composure so drive safe it's friday charlie kirk is next up don't change the dial stay on kvnt lots of good shows forthcoming please be safe out there god bless
4: you can see the morning
9: sun if you try and i know things will be better oh yes they will fatigue all night.
0: You will between-